With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back into the college football every game on the board podcast here. Simulcast on the Wager Talk YouTube channel as well. We got Oskheim Sports. Jeff from Oskheim Sports. Welcome in, Jeff. How are you feeling? Good, Drew. How are you today? I'm doing good, man. We're uh, in the final segment here of the Wednesday live action. Of course, a lot of people watching on replay as well. Feel free to uh, leave a comment below on the YouTube channel. Also, please smash the like button if you're liking the content. And we are going through the middle section here of the college football every game on the board podcast. We got 335-336 Houston at Navy, 54 and a half being the total, minus 14. That's the Houston laying on the road. I kind of like Houston here, guys. Uh, Navy, you know, we've seen their troubles out the gate with the tackling in the first game of the season against BYU. Then they were able to kind of, uh, you know, in the second half against Tulane, the last three quarters anyway, really turn it around. But I think they're going up against a different type of foe here in Houston. I think offensive uh, offensive tempo-wise overall, I think uh, Houston seems to be the play here, minus 14. Not sure if I'll get there, but that is the game to kind of start off the podcast here. Now we'll get over to Jeff for a Big Ten action. 337-338 Penn State at Indiana. We're seeing the Nittany Lions minus six in Bloomington. 59 being the total here, Jeff. Yeah, Drew, this is going to be one of the best games in the Big Ten schedule this weekend. I'm really looking forward to this. You look at Penn State and what James Franklin has done over the last uh, four years. He's 42-11 and 11 straight up, and I think one of the best hires they've made is at the offensive coordinator position. They plucked the OC from Minnesota. He, had, he transformed uh, that offense, Tanner Morgan, over in Minnesota. He comes over to Happy Valley with Penn State. I think he's going to implement the RPO system and uh, which averaged 9.6 points per game last year for the Golden Gophers. I think it's going to be a significant improvement for uh, second-year starter Sean Clifford. Uh, my issue, though, with Penn State is on the offensive side of the ball, uh, regardless of who the offensive coordinator is, they've lost uh, Journey Brown out with an illness, the running back. Um, their star linebacker, Micah Parsons, is out as well. Uh, and he was the Big Ten's linebacker of the year. So they're kind of thin in some of the skill positions on both sides of the ball. And if you, the Micah Parsons loss is significant. In 12 games, he recorded 109 total tackles and 14 tackles for a loss, five sacks, four forced fumbles. Uh, you look at this Indiana squad, they're 33 and five in home openers. They're 14 and two in season openers. And the host is 6 2 and 1 against the spread the last eight, uh, nine in the series. Uh, Indiana is also a very experienced team. They're ranked over, uh, 11th overall in returning production. I really like the Hoosiers in this game. If you're going to give me, if you give me those points uh, with Indiana, a veteran squad, I like their coach. I like what they're doing on, on, uh, there. Uh, I would lean with Indiana. How about yourself? Um, I don't have too much on this game. I mean, I, I, I guess if you, you know, gun to head, take the points, but um, I'll likely watch it from the sidelines here, Jeff. We do have uh, what a run of four straight Big Ten games. Uh, next yeah. up here, we got Rutgers at Michigan State to start off this section of the pod, guys. Uh, looks like rotation number 339-340 with uh, Michigan State laying 13 and a half, 44 and a half being the total in East Lansing, Jeff. 
Yeah, true. That's the, these are two head coaches that are stepping in impossible situations. I mean, for Rutgers, you have uh, Greg Schiano coming back to save the day. This is his second stint in New Jersey. He takes over a team with 17 returning starters, which is good. But when you have returning starters on a team that ranked towards the bottom half of the uh, nation in offense and defensive production, that's an issue. Uh, but Greg Schiano, what he did this year, very interesting. He's, he loaded up on transfers. I think a total of 11 transfers came in. Um, and he, had, he made a great hire in Greg Gleason for the offensive coordinator position. But this Rutgers squad, they're still thin at all the uh, positions. It's going to take a couple of years. It's really year zero for Greg Schiano and Rutgers. But Michigan State, not, not a much better uh, situation for first-year head coach Mel Tucker. He comes over from Colorado, Drew, mm-hmm. and he only has nine returning starters, no spring practices. There's a lot of turmoil in Michigan State. They lost their starting quarterback two wide receivers, the tight end, an all-Big Ten linebacker, former all-Big Ten safety, two starting cornerbacks, and the entire defensive line. I can't imagine Michigan State laying double digits to even a Rutgers squad when there's no one going to be there, an empty stadium except for family. I would lean with Rutgers and Greg Schiano in the season opener in this game. Okay, good stuff here. Uh, we got Nebraska at Ohio State up next, Jeff. 68 being the total. We're seeing Nebraska catching near four touchdowns with Ohio State minus 26 at home. You know, Scott Frost, he was one of the coaches that uh, was was kind of a- against the Big Ten, kind of shutting it down. And I, th- I think they rewarded him here <laughs> with starting off the season with a trip to Columbus. Uh, this is a yeah. tough one, Jeff. What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know what Scott Frost said. I think he pissed some people off in the Big Ten, uh, in the uh, upper echelon there in the in the suites and the skybox there because uh, this is a tough opening game for him. He's in his third year. I think he's starting to feel the pressure here. But he does have a, a really veteran team. I think he's 11th overall in returning production. I am not sold with Adrian Martinez, who's going to be the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. He beat out freshman Luke McCaffrey. Um so that is a concern of mine. I, I'm not, it's a kind of a Bo Nix situation with Auburn. I don't really have a good feeling about Adrian Martinez. Uh, but if you look at Nebraska, they're actually 32 and two straight up in, in season openers. The question is, can they slow down Ohio State? I don't think they can. Uh, that's a real problem. And then if you're looking at Ohio State, here's an interesting tidbit, Drew. They're trying to become the first team in conference history to win four straight outright Big Ten titles. Uh, the issue for Ohio State, though, they only have 10 returning starters, uh, but they didn't have any significant opt-outs here. They have one of the best offensive lines in the nation. They have a strong rotation of uh, running backs. We all know who the quarterback is. He's going to be prolific. Um, and they're 18-0 and straight up, 13-3 and in season openers dating back to 2002. I have a slight lean with Nebraska. My math model only favors Ohio State by 21 points in this game. So if it hits 27 or 27.5 points, it's really going to be a buy for me on the uh, Cornhuskers in this game. And, and do you find yourself, Jeff, betting these games, you know, more than three touchdowns, or do you normally stay away from them? You know, typically I stay away from them, but if you're looking at the coaching staff and the continuity with Nebraska and the mm-hmm. overall production returning, I think that's a significant um, edge for the Cornhuskers in this game. And again, you're going to Ohio state where there's going to be no one in the stadium except for um, fans, except for um, families. So there's really no home field advantage. And I I am pretty bullish on Scott Frost and usually the third year of a head coach. That's when they make their biggest improvement. Um, So I am looking for the Cornhuskers. They are definitely primed for a bowl game this year. Tough task. Can they cover 26, 27 points? I really think they can in this game. 
All right, we got Iowa versus Purdue up next for the fourth in a row Big Ten game here. We're seeing uh, the Hawkeyes minus three, 53 and a half being the total. Yeah, I you know Kirk uh, Ferentz, the longest tenured head coach in, in the nation. Um, he's won the road opener eight straight seasons, but he has had some turmoil during the offseason. He's dealing with um, a lot of issues with uh, racial issues and mistreatment of players, uh, accusations of that. So I'm not sure how focused this Iowa team is going to be. And I'm actually very high on Jeff Brom and his Purdue squad this year. He's uh, coming in. He's, he's actually has COVID. He won't be there, but his son's going to be taking over as the offensive coordinator. He'll be the primary play caller in this game, the, the acting head coach. But they have 17 returning starters. Uh, their star wide receiver, Rontel Moore, he, he opted back in, which is significant. Uh, addition to their team after he initially opted out. And obviously you have Jake Plummer, who is a veteran uh, quarterback in this situation. I definitely lean with Purdue plus the points in this game. And Jeff, we got a, uh, you know, Todd, Corey joining us live here on the Wager Talk YouTube channel, talking about Big Ten football finally coming back. Are you looking any for anything in particular here with uh, the Big Ten and also Mountain West coming back? Any changes that you think uh, – sports metters might need to kind of, you know, bring into their handicap or is it just kind of, you know, same as last week with, with college football handicapping? Well, I think with the big 10 in particular, Drew, I would say that the home field advantage that some of these teams that have a huge edge off uh, with that home field is gone. So if you look at Wisconsin and Madison, mm-hmm. um, that's gone. So they opened the season against Illinois and I discussed that. I touched upon it in yesterday's show. Uh, with Minty Betts, and I said there's no home field advantage anymore for a lot of these Big Ten schools, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. There won't be any whiteouts at Penn State this year, and that's going to be an issue for the players. So I think it's going to be a, a learning curve for the for the college kids. And the other issue is you want to look for continuity with the coaching staff and to see if they have the same coach, same offensive and defensive coordinators, and see if they snuck in some spring practices. Those are also key ingredients to a, a strong start for some of these schools. Yeah, totally agree for, with you in the Big Ten home field advantage. I mean, we've seen it across all college football, you know, with the home teams. I, I, I don't think they're covering at the same rate as years past. But if, do you think it will even be more so in the Big Ten just because, you know, not bringing politics into it too much, but it seems like that area of the country is more on lockdown than, say, the southeast part of the country. Is there no fans allowed in any Big Ten games? My understanding is there's no fan, uh, fans except for family in Big Ten games this year. So they're very strict. And I think their guidelines for the COVID uh, tracing are, is also very aggressive and very strict. I mean, if you look at uh, Michigan, I'm not sure if we're touching on Michigan later or not. I don't think we are. But they're actually, their county is in lockdown right now. The University of Michigan undergraduate school, complete lockdown because of COVID uh, cases spiking through the roof. It doesn't, ex- uh, it doesn't affect athletics. Um, okay. But it has to have uh, an emotional, psychological impact on the kids on campus. And who knows, come game day on Saturday, if uh, if we're going to find out that two, three, five players from Michigan don't dress because they have COVID. I mean, it's it's just it's exploding in that area of the country. It's a real issue. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's interesting that, that it doesn't affect uh, athletics there for Michigan. However, you know, we did already see a game, New Mexico, Colorado State, obviously not of the same prestige, mm-hmm. but New Mexico, I believe it was the same type of thing. They couldn't leave and then they'd have to quarantine coming back. So they just canceled the game. Yeah, yeah so I don't know how they're going to make these up. I have no idea how they're going to fit the schedule in for the uh, Big Ten. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, uh, regrettably, for uh, college sports. 
Yeah. Well, we got to concentrate on the positives, though. I mean, we got a lot no, of games. That's right, Drew. Come on. Here we go. <laughs> Baylor versus <laughs> Texas heading to the Big 12 now. 345, 3-4-6, 3-30 Eastern kick here. 61 being the total minus nine Longhorns in Austin. Yeah, you know what, Drew? I wish I could be positive with this game, but Baylor, they haven't played since 10-3. They've had three games postponed because of COVID issues. So, Unfortunately, this is going to be their first game back in many weeks. Uh, they actually had to suspend all team activities back on October 8th because of the uh, transmission of COVID on campus. They just resumed practice on the 18th. This is a really difficult uh, situation for Baylor, missing three games, no spring practices, had to suspend team operations for two weeks before this game, and they're already inexperienced. I think less than 10 returning players on the uh, Baylor Bears they face this Texas team off a bye, and they're coming off an, a four-overtime loss to Oklahoma. Ridiculous. I had Texas in that game. I I think I'm done with Tom Herman. Um, he is 9-10, and 10, his last 19 uh, in regular season games. I think that's another coach on the hot seat. Uh, he's 2-9 and nine against the number as a Big 12 home favorite. I really have no feel for this game. I think Baylor is in a, in a situational is a bad situation for them. COVID, Texas, I'm not sure they can get up for this game after that deflating loss two weeks ago and four overtimes to Oklahoma. Okay, good stuff there, Jeff. We're heading to the AAC up next with a good one here. Top 20 matchup, Cincinnati at SMU. We're seeing SMU minus two in the hook at home, 56 and a half being the total, Jeff. And I, I, I think the wrong team's favored here. I like the Bearcats. What are you thinking? Yeah, I do too. You know, I was surprised. It opened up Cincinnati as one, one and a half point favorites in this game. And then I blink and I wake up and I find out that they're linked. They're getting two, two and a half. I think what happened here is the the school announced that there have been some COVID cases with the team and amongst the staff. And I think what you have is you have betters who are really COVID chasing, not steam chasing, but they're COVID chasing the news. And they're saying, oh, there's COVID cases amongst the uh, the the staff and the players in Cincinnati, and they start hammering SMU. I really like the Cincinnati team. They haven't played that many play, uh, games. They haven't played mm-hmm. since October 3rd again. And uh, Luke Fickle, he has a very conservative play calling uh, method, but he has called 121 rushes versus 90 passes this year. But he he can get away with that because he has one of the best defenses in the nation. Um, the D is limiting the foes to just 284 mm-hmm. yards and 12 points per game and this SMU team they can score against anyone but I agree with you Drew the wrong team is favored in this game you have SMU um, that if you look at college football teams that start five and all like SMU they're just 44 percent against the spread as favorites I would take Cincinnati plus the points even two two and a half that's a good value play Mm, good spread uh, going, going back uh, in the database there with undefeated teams. We also got another top 20 matchup here, Jeff. Another 330 Eastern kick here in the Big 12. Iowa State at Oklahoma State. We're seeing the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Minus three in the hook, 52 the total in Stillwater. Yeah, let's take it uh, one step further with COVID. Here's another team, Oklahoma State, that hasn't played since October 3rd because of uh, last week's game against Baylor was po- postponed. Uh, COVID wreaking havoc in that area of the country as well and amongst those campuses. Uh, but the good news for Oklahoma State, it, it sounds like Spencer Sanders is going to be close to full health uh, in this one. They're third in scoring defense, ninth in total defense, and fourth in success rate allowed. Uh, Oklahoma State's defense has played extraordinarily well this year. 
If you look at 45% of the Cowboys' opponents have gone three and out in their offensive possessions, and they're 12th in uh, marginal explosiveness. So they're not giving up big plays. A lot of three and outs uh, for, against their opponents. Iowa State left for dead, right, Drew? They lose their opening season opener against uh, Louisiana, who I was very high on. And they whatever they've done, they've reeled off three big wins, including against Texas, uh, against TCU and Oklahoma. Too many points in this game. My math model actually likes the Cyclones in this game. You have a veteran quarterback, more experienced quarterback. They're four and one the last five meetings in this series against the number. And the underdog has covered five straight in this series. I like the Cyclones plus the points. Yeah, and we've seen it in years past, Jeff. I, I, I'm kind of with you here in, in terms of the teams dropping their first game and then uh, being a good bet the next few weeks after that just because the market's so down on them. So that might be an opportunity here. And the uh, Cyclones are catching three in the hook. We staying in the Big 12 yeah. here, guys. Oklahoma at TCU, 59 being the total with the Sooners laying six in the hook on the highway. Yeah, you know, this Oklahoma team has really dominated this series. They're 15 and five straight up. Um, and five and zero straight up and four and one against the spread since 2016. So it's been all Sooners in this matchup. But you look at Gary Patterson and TCU. They enter off a bye, and Patterson is actually 13 and six straight up, 14 and four against the number uh, off a bye, including six and zero against the number when favored by four plus points. Both of these teams have won all of their Big 12 games this season by single digits. This is going to be another close game between these two schools. I'm not sure, Drew, if Oklahoma has any gas left in the tank. I mean, I just don't know. They're what? They're two and two. They've already lost two Big 12 games. This is going to be a difficult game for them. I like TCU plus the points. These teams always play it close. All right. And shout out to the chat box here. We got uh, Ron Crawford in the house, Christian Bramwell, Todd Hilton, Ashley Waite, all of you guys uh, and girls. Welcome in Greg Rooney as well. So, uh, wow. Watching- true. That's Ron Crawford. I think, Ron, Ron, are you from Stat Fox? That's back in like 2005, 2006 when I was in diapers. I mean, that's, I think that's Ron. If that's, if that's Ron, who I know from back in the day, that's amazing. Good to yeah, see same- you, Ron. Yeah, it seems like he says, hey, brother, like he knows you. So I figured. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. I haven't talked to him in a decade, but I'm, I'm glad to see he's, he's following us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So shout out uh, live. Anybody out there, feel free to throw in your plays in the uh, in the chat box. We'll get them out there to the watchers. Also, uh, if you're watching on replay, feel free to uh, drop a line in the comments below. We got uh, heading to the SEC now, Jeff. Uh, Auburn at Old Miss. I can't believe Auburn's still ranked here. Um, if they even are, maybe the odd screen is uh, just kind of a little bit behind on that. But and they're laying three in Oxford, 70 and a half being the total Auburn versus Ole Miss. Jeff, any any interest in this one? I've given up on Auburn. It, it was interesting, Drew, because Auburn, my power ratings are high on them. My power ratings actually continue to be high on uh, the Tigers. The problem is Bo Nix at home. He's eight and one at home with 11 TDs and no picks on the road. He's only completing 58.5% of his passes at 5.6 yards per pass play with a 10-10 ratio between touchdowns and interceptions. He's woefully uh, unprepared on the road. He doesn't perform well on foreign soil. So I, I can't back Auburn in this game laying the points. My math model likes Auburn by almost a touchdown in this game. Mississippi, they had a tough game last week. They, they put all their effort into beating uh, Nick Saban in Alabama. They fell short. Then last week they came against Arkansas. They actually dominated that game from a yards per play and uh, total yards aspect. But they lost because of turnovers. The quarterback threw six picks. So I think Ole Miss is undervalued. 
just based on last week's results, which was really due to variance with six interceptions, one fumble. So minus seven and turnover margin will kill any team. So I have no opinion on this game. My math likes Auburn. My gut tells me Mississippi is undervalued based on last week's disparate results, even though they, uh, they lost. I would, if anything, I would lay the number, but I, I would take the points. But I, it's, a, it's a hard pass for me in this game. Okay, so uh, Auburn Ole Miss staying away from that one. I, I, I don't know. I like Ole Miss here, Jeff. I think, uh, you know, play calling wise on the offensive end, Gus Malzahn's good, but, you know, the new OC coming in and uh, there's a little bit of uh, something going on there in, in, in Bo Nix not playing well e- either. I, I think Ole Miss and company at home, I think they win outright. So I'd take the plus three here with Ole Miss. We also got Ron Crawford saying, yes, it is him from uh, Stat, Stat Fox. So. <laughs> Back Old in the friend. day, good good to see you, Ron. I hope you're doing well. I hope your health is good. Um, good to see you. Look at that. real Jolly yeah. Roger. He likes Navy lines the points. Okay, here we go. Yeah, a lot of people join us. Air Force minus seven from Real Jolly as well. Uh, Corey Williams uh, in with a couple picks in the chat box as well. We got uh, Big Twelve up next. West Virginia at Texas Tech. We're seeing the Mountaineers minus three or minus three in the hook on the road. Fifty four the total in Lubbock. Yeah, you know what? I have no feel for this game. I mean, West Virginia, obviously, last week dominated Kansas. Uh, If you look at what the Mountaineers did, they recorded 11 tackles for a loss and five sacks. They had a 35% stuff rate, a 26% havoc rate as well. And you look at West Virginia on the road, they are 33-21-2 against the number as conference road favorites. So if anything, I would lay the number. Texas Tech, you know, it's interesting. My power ratings are still... I'm kind of bullish on Texas Tech, but they're 0-3 in conference play already. So that's the problem. I also like Matt Wells. What he's doing is he's turning to his backup quarterback, uh, who he brought over from Utah State back in the day when he coached at Utah State. So maybe this quarterback, who is Henry Columbi, Columbi, if I'm pronouncing that right, he steps in for Alan Bowman. In any event, I have no feel for this game. If anything, I would lay the points with the Mountaineers. All right, heading to the AAC up next, Chef Temple at Memphis. We're seeing Memphis off of that huge win, one of the biggest wins in uh, program history, laying two touchdowns now, 71.5 being the total. You think this is a letdown spot for the Tigers? Wow, huge letdown spot for Memphis. I mean, that, what, what an epic comeback. I think we both yeah. liked UCF last week when they were, yeah. they were laying three or something in the game. I cannot believe the Tigers roared back like they did. But if you look at what they did – they put up 724 yards of total offense, uh, but they allowed almost 800 yards of total of offense as well. So they, they they can't play anyone. They can't stop anyone, including a Mack truck. So it's a huge letdown situation. And their star wide receiver, I'm not sure if you read that, but he has decided, he has decided to opt out uh, for personal reasons. And if you look at uh, Memphis, double-digit home favorites, does this pertain to them? Are just 35, 48, and four against the number following an upset win at home. So the technical trends are against Memphis. I do lean with Temple. I mean, they've been playing better than the record suggests, and they're one and one, kind of a ho hum win, a ho hum loss, but they're outgaining foes by almost 100 yards. So I, I would definitely take Temple plus the points, especially if it hits 14. All right, four games left on this segment, guys. We got Kansas at Kansas State up next. We're seeing Kansas State minus 20, 48 and a half the total in the Little Apple. Boy, Kansas. I, no thanks. 
They they had <laughs> they had seven first downs last week against West Virginia. They're outgained five forty four to one fifty seven. Drew, I mean, absolutely pathetic. Um, and then their their uh, running back Pookie Puka Williams opted Puka out Williams. for yeah. the rest of this season. He was a leader in all purpose yards in each of his last three seasons on campus. So that's a huge blow for them, not only from an offensive standpoint, from, but from a psychological standpoint in the locker room. And if you look at Kansas State, they're coming off a bye, but this is one of the most fraudulent teams in the nation, in my opinion. Uh, but they are 13-3 and three, the last six, 16 with rest, but they've been outstatted in each of their four games this season. I think this is a house of cards that Kansas State is dealing with right now. I wouldn't touch either of these teams in this game. All right, stay away from the battle for Kansas. Three games left here, guys. And make sure to check out Jeff uh, Oskheim Sports on Wager Talk. Uh, what seventy four percent, five percent plays in the NFL? He should have one up this weekend. So wait for that, guys. Uh, up over seventy percent. That's lifetime with his five percent in the NFL, killing it college football. NFL, both of them. Check them out. WagerTalk.com. dot Sports. Also, Oskheim Sports. On Twitter, heading to the SEC here, we got South Carolina at LSU, 55 and a half being the total minus six. That's the Bayou Bengals in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting here, Drew. South Carolina actually beat Auburn for the first time since 1933. They really dominated the Tigers in that game, 41 to 297 in, in terms of total yards. Uh, but this is a huge letdown game for South Carolina after taking down Auburn after all those decades of losses to them. They're 0-6 and won the last seven in the series as well for this for the Gamecocks. LSU, they had their game against uh, Florida canceled last week because of COVID issues. I'm pretty sure the entire team now uh, on LSU has had COVID. Uh, if I don't, if I remember correctly, their starting quarterback Brennan is out with a significant lower body injury, so he's not going to be playing. And uh, they have not announced who the starting quarterback will be, but they're both freshman signal callers. Um, the 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 Tigers have dominated the series 18, two and one um, straight up with six straight wins. If anything, I would lay the number with LSU. I think it's a funny line. People see South Carolina beat Auburn um, and they're, they're getting six points against an LSU team that just can't seem to get out, get out of their own way. And they're half of them are sick. So I, I would pass or lay the number just because it seems like they're begging you to take the points with the Gamecocks. All right, good stuff, Jeff. We got two games left here. ULM at USA. That's Louisiana Monroe at South Alabama. We're seeing South Alabama minus 15, 56 and a half the total in Mobile. Yeah, this is the game of the weekend, obviously, Drew. I can't wait for this one. You have UL Monroe, the Warhawks. They're 0-5 straight up and against the number this year. Uh, they've dealt with COVID issues the first few weeks of the season. They enter off a bye. I'm not sure what they're going to do off a bye because they don't, they can't get out of their own way, kind of like LSU. So I'm not sure what the coaching staff is going to do to get the kids motivated after losing their first five games this year. Uh, they can't stop the run, 5.4 yards a carry. They're giving up on defense. South Alabama has double revenge. Um, and they're actually 2-0 and against the number as a Sunbelt favorite. It's rare for South Alabama to be laying points, but when they do, under their coach, uh, Campbell, they're 2-0. and uh, for betters who back them. I have a lean with South Alabama, but no opinion. All right, last game in the Big Ten here, Maryland at Northwestern. We're seeing uh, 54 and a half being the total with Nor Northwestern being the home favorites here, minus 11 or minus 11 in the hook, depending where you're shopping, Jeff. 
Yeah, it was shocking to see Northwestern favored by double digits in this game because both teams are were three and nine last year. But if you think about it and you step back, you say, okay, who's coaching Maryland? You got Mike Loxley, who is what he is six and forty-two as a head coach in football with at uh, New Mexico and Maryland. So uh, he is one of the lowest rated head coaches I have with my coaching power ratings. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. He only has 10 returning starters. He won't name a quarterback. I think he knows who the quarterback is going to be, but he refuses to name the quarterback. He's two and five against the number as an underdog last year. His average non-cover in those games was almost 30 points. Um, And he lost by an average of 26 points per game in big, uh, big 10 action last year. I lean definitely with Northwestern laying the laying the number, especially with uh, Pat Fitzgerald eleven three the last fourteen in season openers. Uh, but he's trying to cover this. I was surprised by this. Northwestern's trying to cover their first home game since October twenty seventh two thousand eighteen, which I thought was wow. remarkable. But a veteran team, nineteen returning starters, huge upgrade at quarterback with uh, Peyton Ramsey coming over from Indiana. Northwestern's other two quarterbacks last year combined to complete only 48% of their passes. So that's going to be a big upgrade for the uh, Wildcats in the passing game. Lean Northwestern minus the points, but again, no home field advantage. No one in the stands except for uh, family, uh, but a small lean, the home favorite. Yeah, and that's a wild one because Northwestern back in the day used to be considered a pretty strong home field advantage, I think because of the wind there where it's located, but – yeah, that's a fascinating stat there, Jeff. So that does it for the College Football Every Game on the Board podcast. Guys, it's all available. This section, the section before with Mid-Major Matt, and the section before that with Rob Rob Vino. We also did the uh, NFL Every Game on the Board. So it's all available here at the Wager Talk YouTube channel. You can watch on replay. Feel free to uh, drop a line in the uh, in the replies below, in the comments below. And also, if you like uh, listening via podcast wherever you're downloading your podcast at it is the sports memo podcast so jeff throw it over to you man anything you wanted to shout out before we shut this down no i just appreciate you having me on tonight i look forward to this show every every week drew it's it's really a pleasure working with you and i appreciate everyone listening and uh, watching in and the feedback has been terrific tonight and all the other nights we've been on so uh thanks again for having me good luck this weekend everybody uh, and make sure you check out my 5% play. It should be coming in the NFL. There's one in college I'm actually carefully looking at, um, but I should have one definitely in the NFL. Yeah, check it out. Wagertalk.com, the 5%. He's uh, been great, especially in the NFL, 74%. Check him out. Oskheim Sports uh, on Twitter as well. So, uh, yeah, that play should be up at uh, wagertalk.com. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Please smash the like button on your way out, and best of luck with your bets this weekend. We good? Okay. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.